You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. Holy cheesecake, do I have an episode for you guys today. I had the pleasure and honor of interviewing and conversating with Dr. Debbie Silber. She is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health, mindset, and personal development expert, the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, and her newest book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence, and Happiness. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. Dr. Debbie is a dynamic blend of personal experience, academic studies, and 30 years as a holistic healer. She is the real deal, and I can't wait to share our conversation with you. So let's get to it. Welcome, Dr. Debbie Silver. I am so incredibly excited to have you here. This is such a, my gosh, it is a topic that I believe probably 100% of human beings experience at some point in their life. And it's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. Sometimes I feel like it's harder than death because it feels like a choice that the person did this to us where death is beyond our control. It's just something that happens. I know that that's a big statement to make, but having experienced both many times in my life, I know it's tough. So welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Oh, thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And it's interesting because what you just said, how it is so different than death, the, the, and we can talk about the discoveries and everything. One of them was exactly about that. Wow. Yeah, that gives me chills. So Debbie, could you give us a little bit about your backstory that led you to doing the work that you do on betrayal recovery? Sure. So, so I, this is my 30th year in business, health mindset, personal development. Uh, and, and my business sort of morphed and grew as I did. And then I had a horrible betrayal from my family. I thought I, I did what I needed to heal and, and, but then the universe had more plans for me. So a couple of years later, it was my husband and uh, anybody who's been through it. I was shocked, devastated, but I got him out of the house and I was like, okay, you know what, what's, what's really clear about these two experiences. And I realized that I, it was never about me. It was always about everybody else. I never had the right boundaries in place, that sort of thing. So here I was, I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business, and I was 50. And I said, that's it. I'm enrolling in a PhD program. It was in transpersonal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was obsessed with transformation. I was doing it. I didn't quite understand. He was too on his own, but I wasn't really ready to look at that. Um, And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? 
what helps us heal, what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. So uh, you, in your bio, you talk about being a holistic psychologist, and I just love that term. I love it so much because to me, it, it just feels like something really powerful. And I would love for you to explain to our listeners what a holistic psychologist means. Yeah, you know, with the the thirty years under my belt in in health, and that's holistic health, and and uh, and just to give you a, a just so there's a full picture of my background. Yeah, please. Holistic. I was always the holistic side of dietetics. So a holistic dietitian, personal trainer, whole health coach, which is a health expert trained to teach how your lifestyle creates either health or wellness or illness and disease. Functional diagnostic nutritionist, so I could test people for stress-related issues and disorders. So then with the with the the PhD in transpersonal psychology, uh, beyond the person, the holistic aspect is here I am bringing the health, the mindset, the, the psychology, the spirituality, all of it to yeah. just totally and completely heal that person. Ah, that's, and that's what we need because I feel like it's so not one-sided. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is, it just, yeah, go ahead, speak on that. Yeah. Well, and the, and here's the thing too. So many people think after an experience with betrayal, and we can talk about how traumatic it is and it is, they think, okay, well, I'll, I'll see a therapist. And that could be okay. Here's the thing. Talk therapy only, only addresses it on one level. And the truth is, if that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does more harm than good. We see that all the time with people coming into our institute. But it, it, the issues are in the tissues. You know, this trauma gets lodged and it needs to be it needs to be addressed it needs to be healed on every level so we wonder why is it that you know i have a betrayal from 10 20 30 40 years ago and something's not right or why is it that i have repeat betrayals it's not betrayal is one of those things it do, time does not heal it can soften mm-hmm. it a bit we heal it when we face it feel it heal it mm, i feel that 100% mm-hmm. so so tell us about betrayal and why does it hurt so much? What does it impact and what does it create? Yeah. You know, think about it. This was the person, these were the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person or those are the people who destroy that sense of safety and security, it's traumatic. It's so foundational. Trust is shattered. All of it. This is, this is, it's, it's like when we discover We've been lied to, cheated on, deceived. It's as if the person that we thought we knew so well takes a mask off and says, oh, no, no, this is who I've been. It is such a shock mm. to our body and mind. And, and like, I live really simply. I live by the whole way of, if it's going to hurt someone, don't do it. Yeah. Period, end of story. And I assume others live that same way. And I am always shocked and amazed that that's not the case. And, uh, and, and I think you are too. I'm an empath and a highly sensitive empath. So, you know, the highs are higher, the lows are lower. So it, 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 it hits so this injustice, the, the wrongness of it is, is so just so traumatic. But, but here's what I've learned too. And I'll go into the discoveries and all of that. But I've learned 
that, and one of the things I teach is healing is always a choice. Whether you rebuild yourself and move on, that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Mm-hmm. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you can rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you. So not long ago, I married my husband again. Really? And two what? totally different people, new dress, new vows, new rings. Um, and our four kids is our bridal party. So we know when it's safe and in our best interest to just to heal and move yourself, move along. Or if you want to, you can have a totally different thing. Oh my gosh. You said a couple of things that I just wanted to touch on is the shock of it. Oh. it I mean, it, to me, it is more like a, st- I'm stunned. I'm sitting there like Mm-hmm. It, it rather than the, you know, other emotions come later, but at first it's like, I walk around in this days, like, are yeah. you what? Like, it's yeah. not even real. Did this, did this person really do this? It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, the choice, we have a choice. And I think that's so important that we, we let people know is that at any time they can choose to get better. Mm-hmm. Always. That is there. That is the, the constant. You never know what's going to show up with the other person. That's not even important. Betrayal lends itself to transformation because yeah. of how traumatic it is. It's what we do with it. But, you know, in, in one of the um, one of the discoveries was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're gonna heal, we will move through five now proven predictable stages. And we know what happens at every stage and, and what it takes to move. And, and later on, I can go through them with you if you wanna hear, but, um, but it's so common that we get stuck and we always get stuck in the same stage. But just to what you said a little bit earlier, betrayal is so different than other life crises. And and I felt that way too. See, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't sure what post-traumatic growth is, it's if you imagine sort of like an upside of any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, like how that left you with a new insight, awareness, perspective that you didn't have. And I was like, you know, I've been through death of a loved one and I've been through disease. Betrayal feels different, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked everyone in my study, I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal. Does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And it's so different because it feels so intentional. So we take it so personally. Mm -hmm. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. That's That's a gigantic mess to clean up. But when we do, we experience a state called post-betrayal transformation. Mm. That is amazing. I love the way that even feels hearing you say that. That is amazing. I just wanted to touch on this quickly. It's just coming up right now as you're speaking that a lot of times people want to blame themselves when somebody betrays them like, oh, I should have blank Mm -hmm. or I could have blank or if I did this, that wouldn't have happened. Can you speak on that? Because I think that's going to you're going to set a lot of hearts free right now. Oh, I will. I will. And here's what, if you have to say this a hundred million times, it's worth it. Even though it happened to you, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not. This was that person's lack, that person's inability, that person's unwillingness. It was them. It was their issue. 
You're the recipient of it, but it was their thing. Because think about it, when someone is awake and aware, they wouldn't hurt a fly. But at that time period, that person was acting from their current level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is the biggest shocker of their life. And they're like, what the heck did I do? And then they do everything to right the wrong. Yes. But then there are others where it's like, oh, well, it's, it, you know, it's just, it depends where they are on that scale. Yeah, exactly. There's a scale. <laughs> exactly. There is a scale. Mm-hmm. You're way over here in narcissism where you yeah. give zero Fs about anything or you're over mm-hmm. here, you know, really caring about something that you did a hundred percent. Yeah. So we touched on this briefly, but I want to circle back to how unhealed betrayal impacts our health, our work and our relationships, either current or even future. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, this, these are some of the most common ways I see it. Uh, let's say in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. The first way is repeat betrayals. If you have a repeat betrayal, that's an unhealed betrayal because you keep getting these opportunities in the form of people to, and I'm not saying that we're the blame here, but I'm saying we keep getting these opportunities to learn something really profound. Like we need better boundaries in place. Like we are lovable, worthy, and deserving, whatever the lesson is for you. Once you learn it, you don't need to keep repeating it. So like in my example here, it was my, my family, and then it was my husband. And, and remember I said, it was always all about everybody else. I never took my needs seriously. One of the biggest things, and I had no idea how I was going to pull this off, was enroll in this PhD program. That was just for me. Wow. And it was, it was in doing something so different, you start creating a different result. So that's the first way we see. We also see the other way is when you put the big wall up, you're like, "Mm -mm, been there, done that. I'm not letting anybody near me again. Mm -hmm. Sure. You keep out the bad ones, but you keep out the good ones too. So in relationships, we'll see it in those two ways. I see it in health all the time too. People go to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists, to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. And at the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. Mm-hmm. And we see it at work all the time too. Here are just two ways. You, let's say you want to ask for that razor promotion. You deserve it, but your confidence was shattered in your betrayal. So you don't have the confidence to ask. You're bitter and resentful instead. And that's what you bring to work with you every day. Mm-hmm. Or you want to be a team player, a collaborative partner, but the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy. So how do you trust the boss, the coworker, the, the JV partner? It's terrifying. It shows up everywhere. Yeah. So I have a question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find the right words to word this. Right now we're talking about outward betrayal, things that are just you know blatant where it's someone lies about you, cheats on you, steals from you, yeah. you know, does all kinds of things like that. But is there a form of betrayal, let's say, Mm-hmm. And, and you'll, I know you're going to pick up on what I'm saying because you're, I can just tell, but like a parent that repeatedly didn't show up for you in a loving way is, do you yeah. classify that as betrayal or just trauma or what? Because that feels very betraying because you expect your mommy or daddy to be this yes. and they repeatedly don't. Is that betrayal? Yeah. It's a betrayal of your expectations. You, you know, it's like your belief was that mom and dad are going to be there in the way I need. You know, really the way I define betrayal is it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Mm. Every relationship has them. So we had a rule. I was going to show up. We were going to have a conversation. And if I didn't, I would have betrayed you. Now, you, you know, it wouldn't have devastated you, but it would have thrown you off a bit. Right. But the way it works is the more we trust and the more we depend on that person, 
the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child, like in what you just said, if you know, here the child is completely dependent. And if that parent does something horrible, that's going to have a, a bigger impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret. Mm-hmm. Still going to have a, you know, still a betrayal, different magnitude. Mm-hmm. Will you say that statement, statement again? Cause I was writing it down, but I was also listening to you. It's blank of a spoken or unspoken rule. Breaking. Breaking. Ugh. Yeah. Girlfriendy. And- Love that so much. Yeah. That's it. And it can be unspoken too. It's just one of those things. You're with someone long enough. You just assume these are the rules mm-hmm. and without your awareness or consent, they decide those aren't the rules for me. Right. Oh my gosh. So a quick question back in gosh, long time ago when I was in college and I was in, I think, I don't know, remember what course it was. And they, we had to do a paper and I did a paper on the betrayal of a girlfriend. This was my early twenties. And I remember reading at this time, and I want to hear your thoughts at this. I remember reading that they said that forgiveness and anger can still live in the same house, meaning your brain. And I I've pondered that for decades now, because I was like, you know, it's still, if I think about what she did, it still pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Do I have the toxic tie to it anymore? No. I don't think so, but you see what I'm saying? So how does that, how does that balance in, in, yeah. in healing of betrayal? Well, you know what? Forgiveness really has nothing to do with, with her. Forgiveness is about you. It's, right. it's getting rid of the toxic ties she has over you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so you're, what you're doing is you're setting yourself free with forgiveness. Reconciliation, that's different. That has so much to do with that other person but forgiveness you know i think there's this big misconception you think like just one day there's this big grand ta-da forgiven i don't know i don't find it to work like that it's more like layers of an onion it's more like you give it you take it back you give it you know you're not ready and and uh when you realize how exhausting it is to withhold forgiveness but we you know we do it because our ego has been badly bruised here Sometimes we, we hold back because we're, we think to ourselves, well, if I forgive, I'm setting myself up for it to happen again. If I forgive, I'm going to look like a pushover. If I forgive, you know, then what does that make me look like? And, and everybody who's been betrayed goes through these same questions. Mm-hmm. But anger is justifiable. It's, and if you're not angry, I mean... I don't, I don't know how. And, What's and going on there? <laughs> right. And that's one of the top, I, I actually have, and I pull the stats every once in a while about uh, the top physical, mental, and emotional symptoms. I'm happy to read them. Anger is, is one of the top ones. Oh, go, go ahead and read them for us. I see yeah. that right there. Sure. So, so this was based on the second discovery, which was there's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Mm. So we've had over 18,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz in the last, I don't know, year and a half, two, or two years, to see to what extent they're struggling. Two things about that. The first is, uh, we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof that's not true. Mm-hmm. Because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? People write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. I feel like it happened yesterday. So we know time does not heal it. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, every couple of months, I had a feeling you'd want to hear these. Um, I just pull the stats based on just where people are at. And this is every age group. Almost every country is represented. Oh, yeah. So, okay. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 
81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting right there. Right. 94% deal with painful triggers. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you could sleep all night, wake up, you're exhausted. Wow. 47% have weight changes. In the beginning, maybe you can't hold down food. Later on, that's how you cope. Nice. And 45% have digestive issues. That could be anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, diverticulosis, um, you know, something like that. And, and what's so interesting about that is, think about what the gut does. It absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't a betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So, so here are the mental ones. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% unable to focus. 64% in shock. 62% are unable to concentrate. So just mix any one of those. Like you can't concentrate and you have a gut issue and you're exhausted. That's not even the emotional ones. Uh, emotional, 88% sadness. 83% anger. Um 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Oh, bless their hearts. Yeah, that's tough. It is a tough thing. I, I've always said it's probably the hardest thing that we go through while we're here. So let's touch on your recently com completed PhD study on how we experience betrayal. You said there are five sta stages from betrayal to breakthrough that mm -hmm. were discovered in your study. I would love to hear these. Yeah. So when this showed up, I was shocked and I'll, I'll never forget the moment my my chairperson I handed her all the research and she said Debbie I, I believe you've discovered a process here and in like the geekiest way it was it was so exciting because like now there's a roadmap and if yeah. you know what stage you're in you know what it takes to heal so the five stages and I, and I go through them in great depth and trust again but I'll go through them here so the first stage is like a setup stage and if you can imagine four legs of a table the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being. But it's in the feeling and being, that's where our intuition lies. We turn that down. Anyway, if there's a table with only two legs, easy for the table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, scariest of all the, the stages. And this is D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Mm. So this is where, you know, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. That weird time warp, you know, kind of thing you were talking about earlier. Your, uh, your worldview is shattered. That's your mental model. It's the rules. These are the rules. This is how it works. Don't go there. Trust this person. Don't talk to that person. And in a moment, 
every rule you've ever had, everything you know to be real and true, no longer exists. You don't know what to believe anymore. The bottom is bottomed out on you. Mm -hmm. And a new bottom hasn't shown up yet. So it's terrifying. So this is the scariest stage. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? Anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. Where do I go? How do I survive this experience? How do I feed my kids? Right? It's like practical, mm -hmm. the most practical thing. But here's the trap. Wow. Because survival feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you came from, you're like, whoo, and you think it's good. You don't even know there's a stage four, stage five. Transformation hasn't even happened yet. So you start planting roots here, thinking this is my new space. So a few things happen. You're not meant to stay here long, but you don't know that. So the first thing that happens is you start getting these small self-benefits for being here. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get your story. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget, I won't trust anybody. You start planting deeper roots. Now, because you're here a while, your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that. Maybe you deserved it. And you plant deeper roots. Like energy attracts like energy. So now, because this is how you feel, you're attracting people and circumstances and relationships towards you that confirm this is where you belong. Gets even worse, but I'll get you out of it. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Because you don't like it here, but you have no idea there's anything better. You, res you resign yourself to thinking this is good as it's going to get. So I, 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 I better figure this out, but I don't like it. So here is where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever. And if you do that for a day, a week, a month now to have it, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, I can see someone 20 years out and say that drinking or that emotional eating or that numbing in front of the TV. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? They say, oh my gosh, that happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in a holding pattern mm -hmm. in stage three. Wow. That makes so much sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's it. So here, if you're willing to let go of the story and all you get from it and do a few more things, grieve more than the loss, all that stuff, you can move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where, I, you know, I always use this. It, it, it's like you, you realize I can't undo my betrayal, but I can control what I do with it. So I always use this example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever. Your stuff's not all there, it's not quite cozy yet, but you're looking around, you're like, this is gonna be okay. When you're in that mental space, you start turning down the stress response. You're not physically healing just yet, but you've turned, you're not causing the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. Now, think about it. If you were to move, you don't bring everything with you. Like, right, you don't bring the stuff that doesn't represent the version of you you want to be in your new space. Mm -hmm. What was so interesting about people moving from stage three to stage four, if your friends weren't there for you, here's where you've just outgrown them. Mm -hmm. People say to me all the time, I've had these friends for 20, 30 years. What the heck is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation and, and you just don't have the patience anymore. You, you see things mm -hmm. differently. 
anyway, when you're in the stage four, you're making it your own, you're doing okay with it, you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal because you, you've turned down the stress response, self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Right, right. Your mind, you're making new rules and boundaries based on what you see so clearly now. And you have a new worldview based on your entire experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. So my next question was going to be what's post-betrayal syndrome and how do we know we have it? Is that, did you just explain that in stage one? The post-betrayal syndrome is that collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, the physical, mental, and emotional right. symptoms. So you'll have them, you, you know, you'll have them because of your experience and you don't, and, and people take the quiz all the time. And a lot of the symptoms, they may just say, oh, well, it's just stress or it's just aging. No, it's not. It's because of your betrayal. Mm-hmm. And the quiz, we have that quiz. And, and as it's, a, it can be for some a little like kind of in your face because it's like, wow, here I thought all this time, these symptoms were because of something else and it's not. And you realize how this betrayal has been latching onto you and what's left to clean up in the wake of it. You know, just a quick question to jump in, to throw in before I go into my next one, but what you know, a lot of times people may not even know, like, what would be a good, it, I, I think I just want people to understand that it, it's enough to know I'm in pain. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Let me get help. I mean, cause they may not com- connect all these dots. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, they're unconscious yeah. about it. They're not, they're not really realizing, wow, I'm in pain since my betrayal because they're mm-hmm. in the survivor mode. So like, yeah. what can you speak to people? Like if you're feeling what this might well- might need some help here. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're stuck, like if you're getting any of those small self benefits, you know, you're just surviving Mm -hmm. and that's it. But I actually have a few questions that um, you'll see if you're numbing, avoiding, distracting, and that's a clear indication that it's like, there's just something painful. You don't want to feel a face. You you know what this is like now I'm going to totally date myself here. I don't even know if people do this anymore, but, but for me, when I was was a kid, it's like, if someone told you something you didn't want to know or do, you'd be like, la, 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 la. I don't hear you. You stick your hands, right. You stick your fingers in your, I don't hear. Well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, when we use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, it's the adult version of that same thing. So if we're doing that, right, it's because we are unwilling or not ready to feel or face something. But I, I actually have some questions that I ask um, and you'll know if you're doing that. So I invite everybody to, to write these down, which is my way of saying, write these down. So the first, <laughs> so the first one not is- Not an option, people. Keep write this stuff down. <laughs> yeah, I would. The first one is, am I numbing, avoiding, distracting? If so, how? Mm. Call yourself on it. Do you go into the kitchen? You're not the least bit hungry. You open up the cabinets. Do you walk into your room, you put a TV on, you know, just to drown out the sounds of your own thoughts? Mm. Call yourself on it. The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? What are you pretending not to see? Third one, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if you do nothing? Mm. Play it all the way out. 
really see how that goes. And then the fourth question is, what could life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? And I'm not saying it's easy, but transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. So that person who's numbing and avoiding, when they tell themselves the truth, that's the moment the transformation can begin. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Just ask yourself questions. It's it, it, we learn so much when we just ask ourselves a couple questions. It really is that simple. And, and being aware of the answer you're getting and not being ashamed of the answer, just saying, wow, this is just the is right now and giving yourself permission to be human. You're having a human experience. Somebody yeah. did something bad to you. This is, this is real. It's okay that you're having this experience. You're not, there's nothing to be ashamed of in this situation. You don't have to pretend to be strong. You don't have to pretend to be anything. You're not that sucked. You're hurting. Absolutely. Much. Yeah. And it's devastating. It really is. And, and the thing is though, I, I really look at it as the hardest part is over. You owe it to yourself to do something good with something bad. Otherwise it's like a bad game of hot potato. You know what I mean? Like, why should it be sitting on you? Because someone yes. made a decision that was painful to you. You know, it, I remember, I don't know who said it, but I love this quote. The best revenge is a life well-lived. Yes. It's so true. And, you know, think about it. Yes, you have your story and you get sympathy from everybody and all of that. But if you do something powerful with it, now you're the hero or the heroine of your story. Absolutely. Now you're a role model. Now you're, you know, now you're paying it forward, sharing what you learn with other people. I didn't do anything anybody else could do. I was like, the most important people in my life all betrayed me. So either I could be the poster child for betrayal, or I remember th saying to myself, if I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. And the word that's coming up for me right now is free. That's it. It's freedom. You and are. You know what? You you so, you're so right. And not only freedom, you improve your immune system. Mm. You stop the accelerated aging that's going on. You you have opportunities come to you that you would never have had access to yes. had that not happened. Yeah. You closed one door. Here's that new one that's open. So it's freedom is powerful, but you get so much more than just that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the different, what's, what is post-betrayal transformation mm -hmm. and how is it different from post-traumatic growth? Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, post-traumatic growth is like that upside of trauma. You know, it's like the death of a loved one. And maybe you come out of that saying life is short or you come out of that saying that, you know, the small things matter, whatever you get some something positive, some insight perspective that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. But because betrayal totally shatters the self, mm. rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. If I were to do like an equation, I'm not a mathematician, but it's as simple as this. Post-traumatic growth, kind of like the upside of trauma, right? Plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. Mm -hmm. You know, so betrayal didn't seem to fit. The, the, even the upside of it didn't seem to fit as post-traumatic growth because you don't have to rebuild the whole self after, let's say, um, you know, natural disaster, or let's say even loss of a loved one. You grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, life will never be the same, but you know, you, you don't, you're maybe trust is still intact. Mm -hmm. A sense of belonging is still intact. Right. They don't take the hard hit, 
that you you get with a betrayal. Mm. So it needed its own name. So I coined a term post-betrayal transformation. And it's real. It's a real thing now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Could you give everybody just a quick definition, your definition in in Dr. Debbie words, Mm -hmm. the definition of trauma. Now, the reason why I ask that is because, and it's starting to come out more and more in the world, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. it, but people used to just think trauma was being in Iraq and getting shot at you know, veterans, of course it is. And I, and I, you know, honor all of that for sure, but there is trauma is something else too. And I want people to understand that it doesn't have to be, you know, a five car collision that takes out your family. It can be other things too. So could you touch on? It's, it's, you know, I, I look at trauma as something that completely upends you. It creates that psychological earthquake where life is now compartmentalized into before it happened and after it happened, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's different for everyone, but it's something that creates that shakeup, that wake up call that gives you the opportunity to, to reevaluate, you know, how you've been living, what you've been doing. Yeah. I always use this example too, of the difference between resilience and trauma and transformation. Mm-hmm. They're so different, like resilience you need for your every day bouncing back, you know, and, but, tra- but trauma and transformation is a whole new thing. So here's, here's an example. And I, I, I talk about this in, in uh, my second TEDx, but I use this example of a house. Let's say the house needs a new boiler, right? And you get a boiler that would be resilience. You're restoring it. Or let's say it needs a paint job and you paint that would be resilience. You're bringing it back. You're restoring here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by and levels your house a boiler's not going to fix it. And a paint job isn't going to fix it. Right. Now, you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call everybody you know over and say, isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? They'd all agree. And you actually have the right to kick and scream and cry and mourn the loss of your house for the rest of your life. However, should you choose to rebuild your house? You don't have to. But if you choose to, there's nothing there. Why build the same house? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Why not make it the best house you've ever seen? There's nothing, there's nothing stopping you. That's the opportunity. Trauma is the setup for transformation. Mm-hmm. I love that. Basically, it's anything that rocks your world and it doesn't ha- and it's there's different layers of this because. Yeah. What rocks somebody else's world may not rock mine and vice versa, or I might consider that a two on the trauma scale and someone considers it a 10 or and vice versa. I mean, this is really individual to the person and, and about giving yourself the, I don't even know the right word, the um, permission that this sucked for you, no matter okay. what, any, what everybody else thinks about it. Like here, here's an example of, of the same thing that can be perceived so differently. And I, I wouldn't necessarily call it trauma, but for someone it may be. Let's say, because you know, my kids are older now, they're you know, 19, four kids, so 19, 21, 24, 25. So a lot of my friends within the last couple of years, the kids have left the nest, you know? So now for some, that's trauma. It's like, uh-oh, now what's my role? Who am I? What the heck does this mean for me? And others are like, woohoo! <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's exactly right, right? It's like I finally have you know freedom, whatever it is. So it's interesting because it see it's the same experience, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great example, Doctor Debbie. That's amazing. 
So how can, do you have any just quick words of advice or um, wisdom about how people can start to learn to trust again? Like how does that start to happen? Yeah. And that's a big one. See, this is the big mistake Uh I see because it's so uncomfortable. And let's say for those who want to reconcile with the person who hurt them, family member, friend, partner, whatever, they're so eager to do that again, that they bypass all the parts needed to make that solid and strong. Like for example, and I'll, and I'll even teach you, I could teach you if we have time, uh, and I write about it in Trust Again, the four-part trust rebuilding process. Mm. But here's an analogy. I look at trust like a brick wall. That brick wall can take decades to build. In one earth-shattering moment, the lie, the cheat, the deception, the whole wall can come tumbling down. So people ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? I say no. Can it be rebuilt? Yeah. But what does it take? It takes the person who's been betrayed to be, now the person who's been betrayed can look at the rubble and say, I don't have the least bit of interest watching that thing get built again. And they can Mm -hmm. walk away, totally up to them. Mm -hmm. If they're willing, they have to be willing though, willing to watch that brick wall get rebuilt. And the person who did the betraying or the lying or the cheating, whatever, has to be a really good bricklayer. Yes. But what I see so often is the betrayed person sees the rubble of bricks and because they just want to trust again so badly, they're like, I'll just rebuild it. Yes. No. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. Right. So that's, that's why trust is a process. It takes a long time. And that's why reconciliation has more to do with the other person. Um, yes. Oh my gosh, we can totally choose that. Good for you. I forgive you. I have no interest, whatever. But if we do, that person has to do that work to rebuild the trust. That's not for us to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't break it in the first place. You yeah. see, do you, do you teach that at your Institute? Do you have couples that work together or even sisters or mom and son or whatever, you know, we teach everything, everybody there. together. Yeah. So it's not just the one-sided person that was betrayed. It's, it's the whole full Monty. We have everything because, you know, in the Institute we have, well, we have our signature programs that literally walk you through the five stages. Mm -hmm. So if you just do the program, you will move from stage two, three, four to five. We have certified coaches who teach daily classes. They're all certified in the five stages, but they come in with 10, 20, 30 years of, you know, they're expert, they specialize in reconciliation, narcissism, sex and porn addiction, chronic pain. And the idea is I want every member in our community to know that's who I need to see now. And they can work with them privately too. Mm-hmm. That's who I need to see. And, and, you know, those are the classes I need to take. And we have a very unique type of community. So, because it takes more than just the talking it, more than way more than that. Yes. Yes. Uh, so the, your book is called trust again. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's already out. That's not an up there. It's already out. It's beautiful. She just showed me. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a pretty cover too. I love uh, it. Thank you. Trust again, um, overcoming betrayal and regaining health, confidence and happiness. And I want to, I'm going to ask that question where we can find that and everything. I just have one final question for you. Cause I know you have to jump very soon and I want to stay true to my word. So if you, Debbie could share some words of advice or wisdom based on your experiences, whether it be your education experiences, your, your study experiences, or your life experiences, whatever it might be, what three things would you share with your younger self now? Yeah. Like, what do you know now that you would say, Hey, 
to yeah, you? Yeah, I, I would really say never, never, ever stop. If you have an idea or a passion for something, it's because you're the one to do it. Obstacles will show up. I, I look at it as just to show you how committed you are. Mm. So, so trust, trust that, trust that process. And um, the things that hurt us the most teach us the most, the people who hurt us the most teach us the most. So of course it's painful. That's why extract every lesson you can from it. And you can heal from all of it. I'm living proof and so are people in our community. Mm -hmm. Love all those things. So thank you so much. I mean, this was powerful. We, I just know we could go on and on and on and on if we were in the same room together. Um, so how can people connect with you and find your institute and your books and everything? Just lay it all out for us. Social media. Tell us what you got. Oh, thank you. So they could, they could find it by my name, but, but really the best thing, what I, what I invite everybody to do, take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz and they could just find that at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And it's Deb, Debbie Silber with a B, mm -hmm. not with a V. And is your website, what's your website? The PBT. Oh, that is, it's not debbiesilber.com or anything. It'll like forward, that. it should forward there. And my name is spelled weird. It's D-E-B-I. But the yeah. best thing for them to do is go to the PBT institute.com forward slash quiz will take it directly to the quiz, but the pbtinstitute.com will take you to the site. They can also on the homepage, they'll see they could download a chapter of trust again if they want. I have so much for them. The podcast, you know, the, everything. I took a bunch of notes here and I, I, but I can't help but just feel so excited for people. <laughs> I mean, I'm like people, there is a way out of this. There is studies. There's a way out of this. It's not just about talking about it. It's not just about spending years trying to forgive. There is, there's processes and ways you can get through this. And if you are in this situation, I'm sure tons of people are listening to, I have people that email me about my podcast when I touch on this topic. So I know yeah. they're just, they're going to be so ready to hear this information and just know that there is a way there is a way. And Dr. Debbie Silber and her peeps can help you get there. So please seek her out. It's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. And Debbie, thank you, my my new friend. Uh, thank here. you, my I new appreciate friend. you. And you know, keep doing the work you're doing because we need you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You betcha. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.